de Global Latin Factor Podcast. Uh-huh. Welcome to another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast, where we talk about Latino everything. That's right, your place where you can find Latino content, whether it's Latinos, entrepreneurs, musicians, food, genre, music, dances, you name it. You'll find it there. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube. Give it a like and uh, set a reminder for the new episodes. Every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time, we release new episodes so you can be on the lookout and different plat- different podcast platforms so you make sure you be on the lookout. Everything's uni- uniform across every single outlet. D, global the Global Latin Factor Podcast. Just like that. TikTok, you name it, we got it all. Easiest way to find the, some of the episodes would be to go to the website. Same thing. Uh, the website, actually, it's thegloballatinfactor.com. Correction from last week. I was, I don't know why, I'm still in the uh, 2021 zone. So big shout out going out to Mariachi Magallal. And I know during the interview, I said 2021 is uh, 2022 and happy new years. And um, I hope that uh, you have, I don't know if you believe in uh, resolutions. If you don't, and uh, this is the perfect moment to do a, a motivational moment. It's another year. I keep debating with Carlos that I feel like your birthday should be like another year to measure because technically you weren't here. Let's say if you were born in February, that that means that you are only here for a few months. You didn't see the whole year. But again, I'm not trying to change what things are. But it's a good way to measure time and set some goals. And if you don't believe in resolution, just write some a few things down that you want to improve as a person and uh, help you uh, with that measurement from one year to the other to see how well can you get, you know, it's, uh, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Nobody is, but at the same time, the whole, our bodies are perfect. Our bodies are a hundred percent perfect. As far as the, the, the way that it functions, the way that it is, as far as our persons, we're not perfect. Right. But imagine if you were to reach for perfection every day, then you'll be in a better place the next day so there you have it okay today we're moving on to our topic for today we have musica de guardia amargue or aka bachata bachata and what is bachata you ask well a lot of you already seen there's a, a few videos out there about what bachata is. We wanted uh, to give it the global Latin factor twist. Bachata is a genre of Latin American music originated from Dominican Republic in the first half of the 20th century. It's a fusion of of southwest European influence, mainly Spanish Spanish guitar music. And also some Taino. Taino, if you don't know what that is, that's indigenous people that were in the islands of the Dominican before the uh, Europeans got here. They're Taino, indigenous individuals that were there before people got there. There's also uh, 
there's also a little bit of sub-Saharan African music elements uh, represented in there. And again, it's just uh, something that is uh, that uh, is credited to be from the Dominican Republic. The original term used to uh, name was, as I mentioned earlier, Amarge, because some of the songs were like, it's, it almost remind me whenever you're listening to some uh, like Mexicans, we listen to some Vicente Fernandez, and you're just sitting in a cantina in the corner, just drinking your tequila away, and your woman left you. That type of vibe. And that's the type of vibe that they had as far as music for, but they had this, they didn't have mariachi or that. They have uh, Amarga. And uh, rather than uh, later on after that, uh, until after a few time passed, it became and embraced the name more bachata, became more popular. And as I mentioned also, it was one of the genres that was seen more like, like the lower tier of people. It wasn't seen by the upper class people. And that's another reason why they call it Musica de Guardia. Bachata rose in the working class of the country during the 1960, 1970. Uh, it was seen as music in the lower class of Dominican. It was seen as lower class by the Dominican elite when it was also like Amarga music. Okay, so this is one of the other genres that is, has entered. The genre has been declared to the intangible culture heritage of humanity by UNESCO. Okay, so what does UNESCO mean? I, I believe we talked about it before. The United Na Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, is a specialized agency in the United Nations, the UN, aimed at promoting world peace and securing through international cooperation in education of science and culture the list of intangible cultural heritage which aims to ensure better protection of important intangible cultural heritage worldwide and aware of the significance. This is this list is published by the Intergovern Committee of the Safeguarding of Intangible Cultural Heritage. The members which are elected by the parties meet in general assembly. So bachata has been put into that because they feel like it's a very important cultural thing that even though it's not something that you can kind of touch, of course you can say you can print a CD, right? Or MP3. MP3. But at the same time, that's not what it means also it just means that it's going to be protected regardless because they want to make sure that this is one of the most important things for the dominican and this is going to be one of the, the ones that they keep on in that list the earliest bachata originated in the countryside of dominican republic in the first half of the 20th century jose manuel calderon recorded the first bachata song borracho de amor in 1962. So, Borracho de Amor was the very first song that was recorded. And what I was seeing from him is that he kind of saw other people with the way they were doing it. And he kind of sort of got an idea. They didn't really know about arrangements or anything like that. So, he just did what they could and, and just, you know, recorded something down. And that's what they came out with. 
the genre mix pan Latin American style called bolero with more elements coming from son and Trabador singing tradition common in Latin America. During much of its history, bachata music was disregarded by the Dominican elite, as I mentioned earlier, because, again, it just seems like it could be lower tier. But in the 1990s, however, bachata was introduced into a change. Bachata was introduced into a change from nylon, from nylon string Spanish guitars to maracas of traditional bachata to the electric steel string uh, and gira of modern bachata. Bachata further transfor- transformed in the 20th century with creations of the urban bachata style by band such as Munchi y Alejandra, Aventura. Of course, some of this might sound familiar to you now. The new modern style bachata became an international phenomenon. Today, bachata is one of the most popular styles of Latin music. Now, compared to where it came from, from seeing something that was lower class to what it is now, it's a f- like we're talking about Romeo be selling stadiums. Uh, it's, it came a long way. And... To be now in one of the intangible lists that it will live on, regardless whether whatever happens is just not going to go away because it's very important to their culture and we will remain. So if you've never heard about bachata, if you never tried it out, try it. It's very fun to dance. I know a little bit, uh, not enough to get down crazily, but I can I can bachata a little bit. And uh, there's always classes out available. I'm pretty sure you can find one wherever you are. So you can get your uh, introduction to some bachata. And uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how much you enjoy it and how nice. And uh, whenever you get a nice partner and you just feel like you're flowing, it's an awesome feeling. So, yeah. All righty. Moving on to our next Latino contributor. We have... Dr. Aida Levitan, PhD. She's a chairperson of the U.S. Century Bank Board. Yes, Aida T. Levitan, PhD, is nationally recognized for her contribution in the Hispanic advertising and public relations industry, as well as for her cultural uh, cultural philanthropy. Bachelor's of Arts from the University of Miami and PhD. Spanish language and literature from Emory University. So the lady, she's a chairperson, and she has quite a bit of degrees uh, for herself. Yes, she's currently she's currently the only female of chair. Uh, I'm sorry, she is currently the only female of chair bank board in Miami Day. And possibly the only Cuban-American female bank chair in the U.S. So she's a Cuban-American. After leading a number one Hispanic advertising agencies in the U.S., she founded the Levitan Group, Inc., a strategic branding and marketing firm. Levitan reserved on the 
uh, was serves on the board of Miami Spanish Cultural Center and National Friends of American Latino Museum. She also founded a nonprofit organization, which is the 501c3, which is called Artes Miami, which her son helped her come up with the name, along with a major brand, along with major brands, which uh, helped develop and strategize some of the brands that she worked and helped strategize, I'm sorry, is Nestle, Coca-Cola. Yeah, U.S., Coors, Bell South, The Florida Lottery, Chivas Regal, Absolute Vodka, and TJX Companies. Yeah, so she has uh, an extensive, like, a long list of companies that everybody knows just about that she's been part of and working for a long time. Her culture... Her cultural philanthropy activities include her pro bono work, that means free, to produce in 1992-1993 Andy Garcia concert series, which her agency won the PRSA Multicultural Excellence Award. Other major projects include the 1997 Fair of Spain, which attended 40,000 consumers in 1997, the Fair of Seville in Miami, which had 10,000 people in 1994 and 1995, and also production of the document documentary Chacao and the Artist Miami Lydia Cabrera Award event. So, yeah, Miss Levitan has been a focus. And uh, she's uh, always giving out speeches and different things like that, always empowering. And, uh, of course, again, she has uh, the degrees and she continues to to stay the course as far as what she's done uh, as a Cuban-American. In uh, 2019, she was the chair of FACE, that's Facts About Cuban Exiles, and the University of Miami Heritage Collection Amigos Board. She is former vice chair of Smithsonian Latino Center and former chair of the Ethan Latino Advisory Council. In 2020, she continues to serve as trustee emerita of the Perez Art Museum and board members of the Impact Fund and the Cultural Center of Spain in Miami. So there you have it. A Latina, a Cuban-American that has done her part. And I think it's, well, it's, it's a good thing to talk about her as far as the things that she's done. And uh, maybe somebody could take some inspiration that has looked into doing something like this and can look her up and see like, oh, wow, there's somebody like me that's done plenty, plenty of things just like I. All right, this was another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast. Remember, we are just like you. We are the spice in this melting pot that rules the world.